1: Foss Corporation, LLC.
0: Everyone's just having a really, really great time. Then I hear, and everybody is just like, what's going on? And I run to the stairs and the two of them come running down the stairs. They're like, oh my God, Laura, you're not going to believe what we just saw. We walked into your bedroom and we saw an old woman. And I literally like went pale and I'm just like, oh my God. And my friend was like, listen, I'm going to call my mother. And I'm like, wait, why are you going to call your mother? She's like, listen, my mother has experience with this stuff. Let me just call her. And meanwhile, I've never experienced anything like this before. So I'm just like, okay, fine. Call your mother. And... She calls her mother, and her mother's never been to my house before. Her mother's not even in the state. Her mother is in Florida. And she calls her mother, and I get on the phone, and she said, okay, I'm going to need you to go back up to your room. And we walk into the bedroom. I'm literally standing at the door because I don't really want to go in there. And I'm looking around, and then she says, okay, is there a little room off to the left? And my attention goes right to the French doors, into the sunroom, and I'm like, yes. And she said, okay, very calm. She's like, okay, she's in there. out run out of the room and I could this woman has never been to my house before and my friend did not fill her in on anything my friend was literally here's Laura handing me the phone she didn't know anything and I run downstairs and then I have her on the phone and she's like okay listen I need you to stay out of that room for half an hour she's like do not go up there a second before that and I look at my watch and I say okay and she says okay call me back in half an hour and I said okay hang up the phone trying to do my best to deal with what's going on meanwhile upstairs I don't know what's happening and then half an hour later it's so funny the three of us meet at the bottom of the stairs and we're like okay we walk up the stairs together we walk into the master bedroom and it's like nothing had ever been there The vibe is different. It feels cozy. (laughs) The room even looks different. Like, I'm just like, what did she do? And it was just awesome. And there was whatever was there was just gone like that. There was never a problem after that. I actually talked to her later and and I asked her, like, what... What did you do? And she said, Well, I asked her to leave. And I just said, Okay, cool. Because it worked. And that was it. Deborah LeBlanc, author of Witch's Fury, and you're listening to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter.
1: Welcome. I'm Aaron Hunter, purveyor of paranormal stories, the occult, and the unexplained. Welcome to RPA. I hope you enjoy your stay. Hey guys, Aaron here, and Britt is currently away, and it is Monday, June 22nd, 2020, episode 232. How's everyone out there around the world doing? And man, yeah, things have changed over here, even though the uh, quarantine has been lifted. But I'm still going to stay away from crowded areas. I just don't trust it just yet. I'm going to see what happens. If you guys are following what is happening over here in the United States, a few states do have some elevated cases now. And they're shutting them back down. Of course, now we have these riots. Statues are coming down. And even some of our classic movies, like Gone with the Wind, are being redone just due to the way they filmed it in the period at that time. Uh, So things are changing. But everything's a okay over here at the RPA Mansion. As I mentioned before, we installed some iron bars on our windows and the doors. So we're perfectly fine. But enough about that. I'm personally tired about the news, so what we're going to do today is some more listener stories. And if you guys want to share your own paranormal experiences, merely send it in to Aaron, A-A-R-O-N, at realparanormalactivity.com, and I'll read it off on a future episode. As far as announcements are concerned, you know, things are going pretty smooth over here, but I am working on something new. We are getting ready to add a new category of content for you guys. Of course, it's going to be free, and we decided to bring on entertaining short films right around 10 to 30 minutes maybe a little bit longer and the thing is they're not necessarily going to be paranormal but they will have twists at the end kind of twilighty stuff and the reason why we're going to do this is we figured we're going to offer just a little bit more and seeing as uh mr aaron forrell is doing movie reviews and terry davenport from terry from texas he does weird and strange but he also does you know, mysterious, natural stories from around the world, and of course, we have the video shows of paranormal investigations, so we thought we'll just add a little bit more content to it, bring in some twilighty short films for you guys to be entertained with, and hopefully you guys will enjoy that and i uh I'm looking at probably sometime in July we're going to start releasing the first short films and have the category built for you guys. So all you got to do is just go to realparanormalactivity.com, watch the videos there. Or if you have the RPA app, it has video capability as well. You can watch it through there as well. But not to worry, I'll make an announcement when the first videos start appearing. Uh, We currently have seven picked out and we're going to get some more, of course. And as time goes on, hopefully you guys enjoy yourselves because we do have an audience that tends to just hang out on the network and they pop around, they either listen to my show or they listen to Terry's Mysterious Moments or some of Aaron's horror show and of course we've got the video shows. so they're bouncing back and forth so we decided to add, well, why not some entertaining short films? And that reminds me if anyone out there is a indie film producer, if you want to be on the RPA network, go ahead and contact me at Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at realparanormalactivity.com And I'll give you the details, and we'll get your short film on the network. And with that, I think we're done. So let's do some listener stories, and you guys know what that means. Oh, man, yeah. Come on. Come on, say it with me. Oh, yeah. Two, the story didn't fall me right this way. No pushing, no shoving, and the fans are going nice and cool in here, and you guys know the deal. Grab a beanbag over there in the corner. Find an empty spot on the floor, and don't forget the popsicles. We got orange, lime, grape, cherry. Oh, man. Grab yourself a treat now. And as you do that, get behind my desk here. I oh, get nice and comfy. Britt emailed me her packet, so let's see what she has. Yeah, yeah. OK. We got some medium ones. And oh, wow, we got a long one here. OK. All right, let me take a sip of my green tea real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So good when it hits the lips, I tell you, man. All right, the first one. This one is titled Plantation, and it's by a girl. Okay, girl, let's see what you got, man. This happened to me about a year ago, and I will do my very best to get all the facts straight for you guys. My parents and I took a trip to Virginia and went along Route 5 between Williamsburg and Richmond, to take tours of all the old plantation homes. It was amazing and a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, all the names sort of run together. So by the time we got to this particular home, I didn't pay attention to the name. What I do remember of this home or B&B was that it was white or a light blue and was right at the side of the road. It was about two or three stories and very nice looking we saw that they gave tours, so my dad turned the car around and we went inside. Here comes the complicated part. When you first go into the house, you are looking down the entry hallway. It wasn't a long hallway, about 20 or 30 feet in length, but at the other end, there was a doorway. The door itself didn't really go anywhere. It just showed you a white wall, but you could go right or left to get to different parts of the kitchen. So in other words, at the doorway, it can only go right or left, not forward, or you would hit a wall. Anyway, a nice lady with dark hair and a green shirt came from the living room and welcomed us. She told us how much the tour was and that a few wedding guests were coming any minute, so she would be replaced with her husband or daughter to continue the tour. We gave her the money and watched her leave to give us our change back. My parents were talking about how beautiful the place was and where we were going to stay later tonight while I was looking at all the cool artifacts around me. And suddenly I started to stare at the doorway at the end of the hall. I don't know why, but it was like I was waiting for someone to go across it. As I watched, I saw a tall man in a reddish plaid shirt and jeans who walked right to left across the doorway. It didn't last very long, just a second or so, but I clearly saw him and clearly knew it was a nice lady's husband, but following him was a woman in a white dress, or at least white clothing. My first thought was that it was the lady's daughter, so I didn't think much about it. When the lady came back and continued the tour, she told us that the house was haunted and her daughter had seen the ghost on the stairs. My dad and I thought this was really cool and kept our eyes open for anything, but we left disappointed. Or so we thought. Here's a side note. I have a type of photographic memory. If something of interest or a certain conversation comes up, I can remember almost exactly where I was, where I was facing, what was said, and what I was even thinking at the time. Knowing this, it was a few weeks later when I was sitting around a campfire with my family when I thought back to that plantation. I thought about the white-dressed girl I saw and how I thought it was the daughter when something clicked. I remembered being in a room while the daughter was talking and I realized that the lady's real daughter was shorter, older, and was wearing a bright pink shirt than what I remember seeing following her husband across the doorway a few minutes before. I know that whatever I saw was younger and taller because I got the impression that she was close to my age and she was nice. It was a strange experience and some of you may be asking, uh, how in the world did she not realize what she saw right off? You well, know, My answer, I was tired. I didn't think much of it at first. Anyway... And thank you for reading my story and I love the podcast And that was from Girl Girl, hey, thank you very much for sharing that Pretty cool story Yeah, you know, uh, we do get stories like this a lot Where people don't realize what they see right away And then, you know, in this case, a couple of weeks later You start thinking about that And you, you uh, you know, you, you start thinking Hey man, that was kind of weird And then you realize uh, That could have been something uh, paranormal right there Yeah, we get that quite a bit interesting stuff. And as always, hey, thank you for sharing. Very cool story. All right, what do we got next? What do we got here? This one is titled Stairs, and it's by Bob. Okay, Bob, let's see what you got, man. I bought the old house in Smithfield, Virginia in the fall of 1976. Smithfield was a colonial seaport town on the Pagan River, a tributary to the James River, about 15 miles downriver from Jamestown. The house is a tidewater colonial of Georgian design, the oldest part of which may have been built in 1752 and the newer section built about 1820. Today, the entryway floor slopes slightly to the left, giving it great character, uh, no doubt due to 250 years of foundation settlement. There are three very old and massive beech trees in the large front yard, which is bisected by an ancient brick walkway leading from the sidewalk to the front door. It is known as the wentworth Grinnen House. The first owner was Samuel Brown, a sea captain who sailed from Smithfield to the Caribbean trading tobacco, hams, and other local goods for products in these islands. His sailing ship was moored on the Pagan River, at the foot of the hill behind the old house. When he died in the late 1800's, his storehouse, located in the cellar, included barrels of molasses, rum, sugar, ham, wheat, coffee, salt, and allspice. In order to help pay for my mortgage and other expenses as well as to avoid living in an old house by myself, I took on several housemates, Mike, Henry, and two pit bulls which Henry owned. They paid a portion of the mortgage and we split the utilities. One afternoon, I was with my girlfriend Anita, upstairs in the old second floor dormer section. My roommates were away for the weekend. The house was completely silent and still. We were watching TV when we were surprised by the very distinct sound of heavy footsteps, perhaps boots, outside my closed bedroom door. The footsteps stopped. A few moments later was the creaking of the staircase as they slowly descended the open stairway leading to the front door. They stopped again. The front door opened and slowly shut. We quickly got up and peered out the dormer window which looks onto the brick walkway, beech trees, and driveway. Uh, Nothing there, just my car. I stood up and walked to the bedroom door and reluctantly opened it. I called out for Mike or Henry. Uh, No one, not even the dogs were home. What was the reason for the footsteps? Was it our imaginations? Was it the ghost of Captain Brown or one of the many residents of this house over the past two centuries? Since that day, no other sounds have been heard except for squirrels in the fall and rain on the tin roof of the back porch. Despite a series of tenants after Anita and I moved to the Washington D.C. area in 1980, I still get down to the house and stayed there nearly all of this past August, fixing it up for my new tenants, but nothing out of the ordinary to report. So, that is my story. We heard the footsteps of an unknown visitor once. And once was enough for me. And that's from Bob. Holy cow, Bob. Thank you very much for sharing that great story. Man, about 250 years old. Old colonial house, huh? Yeah, I I visited uh, Philadelphia in my younger days. And I forgot the name of the street, but it's the oldest street in the States. And it still has the old cobblestone, you know, street and the original colonial buildings, homes uh, on this street. And yeah, man, it's uh, it's like going back in time. Very cool stuff. I can only imagine this house. Yeah, it sounds like it does have some character. And that's interesting. You only heard it once, that that one time only. And I can only assume that you've lived there, you know, for a number of years yeah I don't know but we do get stories of just one time occurrences and um, yeah you know you're watching TV you're there alone and you distinctly hear it you know footsteps sounds like boots even going down the stairs and the door open and closed (laughs) creepy stuff hey Bob uh, thank you very much for sharing that yeah I don't know what I would do if I heard that You know, I would just think um, someone's in the house, obviously. Uh, Creepy part is they came up to your, you know, to the bedroom door and then just went downstairs and outside. Yeah, call the police. That's what I would have done. But, um, yeah, like he said, nothing else happened. And you didn't see anyone walk, you know, walk through your yard. You peered out the window after you heard the door close. Yeah. Yeah, that would have creeped me out. All right. Let's see. What do we got next? Oh, man, my. Getting a little parched here. Just a second. Take a sip of my green tea. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, good stuff. Yeah, this whole uh, riot thing over here in the States, and I realize that in other countries, people are bringing down statues as well. It's just, uh, it's a mess out there, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting what the next few months are going to, Turn out, but yeah, I'm definitely staying away from crowded areas. You know, if you haven't heard, California, Florida, you know, elevated cases are skyrocketing. I think there's some other states as well, and they're shutting back down. They open up for uh, for a little bit, <laughs> you know. So yeah, don't know. All right, this next one is by Believer, and it's uh, titled Bunkers. Okay, believer. Let's see what you got, man. If you've ever talked to someone who served in the military, then you know that we all have a story or 50 to tell. You also know that military members can relate to just about every story told to us in some way or another, either from personal experience or by proxy, a friend's cousin's brother's in-law story. Uh, throughout the military... There are a lot of different stories dealing with ghosts and the paranormal. This is mine. I was stationed at an Air Force base in Nevada from early 2001 to mid-2004. The base was known for a lot of different things, but one of the claims to fame that I was always intrigued by were the underground tunnels that used to be there. The tunnel served as a means to get live ordnance—bombs, rockets, ammunition for aircraft—to uh, the jets discreetly during the wartime. I'm not sure when, but long before I arrived, the tunnel access points were cemented over. The three half-bunkers still stood at three different points of the Lola—live ordnance loading area—left, right, and center— The bunkers were covered in a natural camouflage of desert sand and plant life. They weren't so steep that you couldn't walk over the top of them. In fact, we did that from time to time to play a prank or two on whoever decided to park on the inside. I call these half bunkers because they weren't totally enclosed, basically there wasn't a front wall. The bunkers were wide enough to fit two full-size pickup trucks and maybe a full-size sedan inside, just a tad on the tight squeeze side of things. I had always been told the tragic story of the woman who committed suicide in the center bunker. She had just returned from Iraq during the first Operation Desert Storm to find that her husband had been having an affair and was filing for a divorce and sole custody of her children. No one knows the details, but she was found one morning in her truck, parked in the center bunker, her rifle on burst. The center bunker is where I had my experience and gained my story to tell. I was posted at the Lola one night, and I remember being upset by it because there weren't anything to guard there. So I didn't see the point. The bunkers were empty, no aircraft on the flight line, Just my partner, myself, and the coyotes that roamed around and begged us for food, which we would always give if we had any. My partner was driving and decided to back into the center bunker. We were both smokers at the time, so that meant that a half carton was gone by the end of our 12-hour shift, under normal circumstances. We were sitting in the bed of the truck, telling jokes and giving each other what-if scenarios which always got ridiculously humorous, outlandish responses. We were just coming off of our laughter when I heard what sounded like soft, creeping footsteps. Thinking that the area supervisor was trying to sneak up on us, I crept slowly out of the bunker and up the side to find nothing around the bunker. No sign of a vehicle anywhere, or any person. I called for my night vision, and my partner tossed it up to me. I took a look around and found nothing. I shrugged it off as my mind playing tricks on me and went back to the truck. Not five minutes later, I heard the same soft footsteps. But this time, they sounded like they were in the bunker. My partner was hearing them now, too and tried to play it off as the coyotes coming to beg. I told them that no, these were too slow to be coyote steps. Then they got a little louder, sounding as if someone were grinding their heel into the grit of the cement floor as they stepped. It seemed like they may have been circling the truck My partner got nervous and decided he wanted to leave. Admittedly, I wasn't too comfortable either, so I obliged and got in. He went to start the truck, but it wouldn't start. I thought for sure he had left the headlights on, but he checked and the knob was off. The sounds of footsteps got louder. Then, nothing. Dead silence. Then the truck roared to life, and for me, that is when the strangest things happened. When the truck started, the headlights, windshield wipers, and hazard lights were all on, but none of the switches or knobs were in the on position. The radio was not on the station that we were listening to. It was on a dead station, all static. And for my lack, for a better term, and not to be confusing, it was walkie-talkie sounding, like when I switched to a dead frequency. But the knob was on the normal one to speak to the dispatch desk. Now, I know what you're thinking. When I was on top of the bunker looking around, my partner turned these things on. Not true. I could see that the knobs were off. Besides that... To change the station, he would have had to at least turn the power to the truck on. And this particular truck made a loud buzz for about two seconds when the power was turned on. So, I would have heard that. As we drove out of the bunker, I remember seeing a light wisp of what could be misconstrued as smoke, exhaust, or dust. But it was just in front of the truck, right in the center. For the rest of the time I was stationed there, my partner would never accept being posted at the Lola. He always found someone to trade with, and he never gave the reason why. I told the story to a couple of closer friends who feigned believing, but I could tell they were skeptical. About four months before I discharged, one of the skeptics had an experience at the Lola. He would only tell his story to a point and he trailed off saying, I don't wanna talk about the rest. I found out a couple of years ago why. Apparently, he saw a figure in front of his vehicle and all he could say is that her face was covered in blood. He never gave any further description. Say what you will about this story, but I know what I experienced. I also know that my partner was scared of the Lola and that my friend, the skeptic also refused to be posted at the Lola as well. Love the podcast. Keep up the go to work. And man, that was from a uh, believer believer. Thank you very much for uh, sharing that story. I love, you know, army based stories. We got a few of those in the past. Yeah. Um, you know i find it interesting every once in a while we get a you know someone's experience where they're in their apartment or house and yeah you know the radio might turn on or maybe the radio is already on but then the volume goes up or goes way down things like that tv but this whole truck thing that's interesting it wouldn't start and then uh you know the footsteps stop and then all of a sudden uh, I guess the ignition key was still in the on position and I don't know how the mel- this military truck works but it started up but it uh, looks like a lot of the knobs and you know windshield wipers headlights, they all turned on even though they're in the off position, yeah that's just weird radios change static walkie talkie like I guess is what you uh, explained um, interesting stuff, hey man Thank you very much for sharing that. That's good stuff. And, hey, you know, that's it. That's all that Britt sent me by email. Hey, guys, as always, we're flattered that you come to the RPA Network and listen to our shows. Hopefully you find something that you enjoy. And make sure you uh, check out Aaron's Horror Show on Tuesdays and Terry's Mysterious Moments on Wednesdays. Get the free app. Just do a search in your app store for Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast network. And we are also on all the major audio streaming platforms, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, etc., etc. So many platforms. I think something like 19 total. Yeah, we are out there. You'll find us. And I hope everyone's safe out there. Stay put. Stay away from large crowds for the time being. I think New Zealand opened up. They actually, they're clean. No new cases. Everything's gone. They tested uh, everyone's negative over there. So New Zealand is, yeah... They're enjoying their their sports events, movies, everyone's together. Yeah, they, they beat it. So, with that, I am calling it. The show's been produced by myself and Britton, and it's also made possible by LaFosse Corporation. And, man, we love you. Oh, yeah, we do. As always, thank you and good night.